Hey everyone, I'm Michael Kaufman, director of the Clio Cannabis Awards Program. I'm honored to briefly intro this chat today about cannabis and music partnerships. Thanks to Burner Killer Mike LP for joining us and really for your sustained vision and impact in both of these arenas. Also, Will Amici, you guys have been brilliant uh, on the management marketing fronts. Kudos on behalf of the Clio team to all of you guys. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So I'm gonna quickly pass it off to Amici. So Amici, take it away. Thank you, Michael. And thanks for everyone for having us today. Um, as Mike mentioned, Will and I co-manage Run the Jewels and, and, and lead on the marketing stuff, but also work with the guys to help extend their brand and other business verticals, whether it's merchandise and apparel, craft beer, and now cannabis. Um, and Will, you're the true linchpin here, given your, your, your history with Burner. Uh, and now... <laughs> My boy. So talk about how this all came together the union between uh, rum and pills and cookies? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it's as simple as uh, the fact that um, we have this long-standing relationship, Burn and I, but not just Burn and I, but Mike and Burn. Um, back in the days when Burn was going to Atlanta on, on not-so-legal marijuana fronts, uh, we would often find ourselves uh, in hotel suites and, uh, and various uh, underbellies of Atlanta smoking weed and talking about things that we want to do. And, and so as, you know, as our past sort of uh, built and um, we always on the run, the jewels side always wanted to, to, to do weed like we do music and, um, and, and the, the parallels between burners trajectory and, and run the jewels trajectory is, are, is twofold. One is they're both craftsmen. They've always been good on purpose. Uh, and secondly, they both exist because um, the, uh, general industry or the or, or pop culture whatever you want to say it um didn't accept them for what they wanted to be and it forced them to go trail tra uh, excuse me trailblaze uh no pun intended and 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 build these amazing uh uh, uh you know uh businesses um and so when it came time for uh, for us to start run the jewels four and we've been like looking at weed for 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 a few years now l kind of just looked we were driving back from rehearsal and l looks at me and he's he's just like bro he's like how did burner do it and it was the first time he'd like asked me about it and i just said okay i think we're ready and we and i dropped him off at wherever he was going and i called burn and i said hey bro we've been talking about doing we we're getting ready to do it in a, a a little differently i said am i tripping should we just not bring this home and do it all together and he was like yeah we should and, and that that's the short version of that story but right um yeah. That's amazing. I love it. Truly organic. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And, and Burn, you've been, you know, you've been ahead of the game. I mean, you're certified, your, your status in the game is certified and, and, and someone who's already for years been fusing music and cannabis, those two worlds, right? You've been living in them both, right? The pioneering in that sense. I mean, talk about the alignment of those worlds of cannabis and music, how you see it growing in the future. And, and given that status you occupy in the game, you could work with anybody, literally anybody on the planet. Why, why RTJ? Why did that appeal to you? Well, I mean, look, Mike is pretty dead on with his 420 post. I don't see him miss it too much. So that's that's dead. Like as a pothead, I, I witnessed the dedication to the 420 post. And I was like, look, besides my being someone I look up to on the music front, but being someone that's 
supported me when I was super underground. We're talking about like the White Album, which is one of my old school albums. He he jumped on a record for me, and it's one of my favorites. And so, not a lot of people endorse or uh, embrace my music side of my career. They just want to talk to me about Bud. And so, to have a friendship with Mike, and you know, now now getting a link yeah. with Hell, you know, and just being able to like build with these guys over the over the years, it's just organic. It's real and. And I'm glad that they decided to do it right. You see a lot of artists coming out now with uh, with Herb, and they don't have any real lineage on what they're releasing. Like, what what's the strain? Like, you know, I'm I, the reason why my eyes look the way they are is I'm in a crazy phenol hunt right now. We're smoking through 30 different jars, trying to select the next flavor for right. our menu. And so a lot of work goes into it. And uh, I think that if music and cannabis is paired right, it could be powerful. But yeah. if it's just like hey, I'm an artist and I'm going to rap about some weed, put my name on it, it's not so powerful. Music brings people together. Cannabis brings people together. You make music with purpose. And we breed cannabis with purpose. So it's like, if you know, we're all putting our hearts on it, I'll work with people that put their heart in their shit. You know what I mean? So that's the way well, I look. Do you see it growing in any interesting ways, in your opinion, or do you have a vision for how you see it could come together in the ecosystem in a larger way? Yeah, I think it already is. I think that, you know, the stuff like we're doing, like the ooh la la, like it's such a beautiful bag. It's real genetics. It's one of my one of my favorite uh, menus I did with the with the lemonade brand. And so it's like at the end of the day, we're putting stuff in the in the, in the universe that's being a big part of people's day, just like our music is. So and being able to, you know, do it nationwide. So you can go to Oklahoma and get ooh la la. You can go to Michigan and get ooh la la. You can get it here. And so at the end of the day, like I think that music and can cannabis is already kind of growing there's going to be some people jumping in the game with the wrong intent just like every other business but it's up to people like us to do some cool shit and keep innovating no doubt no doubt and uh mike and jamie as will said we've been talking about this sort of kicking this ball around for for a few years and we've we decided to to take the plunge um but you know be great for you guys to talk about the role of cannabis in in, in your music in your lives as people who you're not just coming to this. It's not a marketing opportunity, like Burns said, like for a lot of people. This is something that's been a part of your your lives and your culture for a very long time. And uh, and what made you, the given that, what made you make the decision to take the next step into the entrepreneurial side of it? Yeah, I can go or Mike, Mike can go, whatever. I, I'll, I'll, I'll wait my turn. Yeah, I'll let you go. I was born on 420. I love marijuana and I miss being a drug dealer. <laughs> I didn't know you were born on 420, Mike. I'm gonna I'm lie to right now for that. Just that, that's. Yeah, yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's, straight up. That's straight on with you. That's Listen, incredible. this is, I said, man, it's beautiful to have ducks. I said to Mike so many times, man, you were born on 420. You never had a chance. You never even had a chance. <laughs> never. Never had a chance to not uh, be a pothead. Like it wasn't even it wasn't <laughs> even possible. Like and, and here's the thing, Mike wasn't even really a smoker until like later nope. in life. Yeah, you know I didn't I, mean? so, I didn't smoke until AT aliens. Cause I sold weeds. I was like, the fuck I'm gonna smoke this. This doesn't make sense to me. Cause I sold cocaine first. So <laughs> then you're like, man, I, I I'm 13, I'm selling crack. You know what I mean? Then all of a sudden it's like you're 17. It's like everybody wants to smoke weed. I'm, Okay, so we smoking. I was, but when I smoked um, an orange bud, an orange bud, man, that cat, that 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 one of the DJs here had given Big Boy, and we smoked as they were making AT aliens. It was his auntie's birthday. God bless the dead. 
We were so fucked up and faded in a little room like this at the in the basement of his house. By the time we went upstairs, we had forgotten the words to "Happy Birthday." Uh-huh. And I was, like, I was like, I was like, oh, this shit is for me for the rest of my life. It's four twenty uh-huh. twice a day, every day. All right. <laughs> All right. So what for each of y'all? Well, what song were you listening to the first time you got you got stumped? Uh, well, hold on. I just want to comment a little bit about real quick. Oh, my bad. My bad. Go ahead. I'm, I also got high before this little meeting, uh, and uh, so I can't stop myself from from chiming in for a second. But, but it's the, you know to answer your question a little bit. Obviously, we we both just smoke. Like that's something we all all of us smoke. We obviously done that all our lives, pretty much. For me, as an artist, as, as an art kid, music and music and weed was you know growing up as a teenager was you know it was hand in hand with creativity freedom um with mind expansion with um stress reduction all of all of that shit um but me and mike's friendship and our music and the way that it all kind of came about and like sort of and the vibe that we had together played a huge role always does play a huge role in our music um uh, it's not necessary to make music, but it just happens to be that me, me and Mike definitely just smoke a lot when we make the music. So that being said, we've been wanting to do a strain. We've been wanting to do something, but we have, we were sort of, we were hesitant to, we didn't jump into it. We didn't want to jump into it because we know about, because we know it matters, you know, it, it, and like burners, like alluding to, there are plenty of people who jump into the shit and they jump into it for a check and they jump into it for, um, you know, reasons other than sort of recognizing that it's a real culture. It's a, it's something that actually matters to people's lives. Um, there are politics involved as well. Like, so I think that we were just waiting for um, like everything would run the jewels for like an organic moment. You know what I mean? For something that made sense where we could all look at each other and be like, of course, of course. That. And that was, and I just wanted to say to, thank you to Burner for, you know, for, for bringing us in because you were the missing link to, to that vision yeah. for us. Like, you know, yeah. it really, it's been an amazing sort of thing to see and, and to see how, how, you know, genuinely tied into the culture of it, you, you know, you are, and how genuinely tied into the music culture, that's something that we just really relate to. And it's like, you know, we're craft artists, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, whether yeah. or not we're making, we're making craft art music, and we're making craft, we have a beer, we have, we do a lot of collaborations with beer, it's craft, those people are artists. And you know this is could be no different for us. So to get the opportunity 100%. to do it with someone who looks at it like that too is a blessing. So I just wanted to say yeah. thank you for that. Yeah, so, I, I do. I, in, in addition, I, I do look at cookies, weed as being the run the jewels of of for of, of for music. You know, whereas I I look at run the jewels as putting out the pound for pound best album every time they drop. Just like I know that every new strand that Burn drops is is that fire that you brag about to your homies, and, and so that's why it's the perfect collaboration. Even on the music, and we both like both run the jewels of myself. We're true to who we are. If we get on a record with someone and yeah. they're rapping like you know a certain way, I'm gonna rap the way I rap every time. I'm just gonna do what I do, and <laughs> you have to do yourself as an artist too. So it's like you know, same vibrations. It just makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And the um, and the thing that I love about it too. And I'm apologize if this needs to get edited out because I'm over over talking or something. 
But the thing that I love about it too is that we are all also artists in this visual, you know, we care about the visual aspect of it. It's like, it's all just an extension of our, of art for us, right? Yeah. Like even the, you know, the idea of us being able to take our imagery that we've worked on and cultivated and tried to, you know, and made iconic through, through our mechanism and combine it with the, you know, the imagery and the art and the style that you, you know, you've come with. I don't know. I just, I, I think, I think it was, I'm just really glad that we waited. I'm really glad yeah, that we waited same. and we found this situation. Right. So. And to your point about craft, right. Taking that art and being able to turn it into a, its own, business, you know, being able to monetize that on your own terms with your own vision, right? There's a similarity between what you guys have done as entrepreneurs. I mean, obviously, burn your footprint with cookies is a massive one. And, and what Mike and Jamie have done with Run the Jewels and owning everything and, can, you know, having a vision and being able to, to, to put it out there for the world, high quality product um, that you take great pride in and have, you know, put a team together that can execute that vision for you. I think they're two really great models of how you can you can be artists and achieve something like this, right? And be businessmen at the at the same time. And I think you two, you two both individually, collectively, three of you are, are incredible examples of that. But I still want to know what song you smoke weed to for the first time. Man, um, I think mine was uh, it was a random one. Man, we're riding in my boys, uh, my my best friend's older brothers. Uh, Impala, and he was slapping that "Put It in Your Mouth" by Akinelli. Akinelli, Akinelli, we're riding through Arizona. Amazing. Like he was like, "Y'all check this shit out." He turned it up, and I'm in the back of the Impala, feeling like a, you know, we're smoking it in a Walgreens receipt, and we're just smoking it. And that was the song that was on, man. So put it in uh, your mouth. Hella <laughs> the car. That beat is so hard, and it just hit different right. when I was high. I was like, man, this shit is crazy. Yo, you know what's you know what's funny about that is that me and Mike referenced that song in in on Love Rose Again too. Too, yep. yeah. It's called Love it. Love it. The song's called Love Again, but in parentheses, it's Akineli's back. Yeah, and, and, and you know, because the chorus is she put my dick in her mouth all day, and like it was straight up just like you know, <laughs> an homage to that to that classic, song. Classic, so. man. Classic. I funny. saw Akinelli last New Year's in Miami. His brother still looks great. A little <laughs> more great, but still looks great. First record for me um, since it was '87. Jamin Freeman. My mom smoked sets and shit, so I'm sure I got contacts listening to Donna Summer or some random disco shit that she was jamming but I discovered marijuana in terms of actually getting to smoke it when my man Jamie Freeman stole some of his dad's weed and marijuana and Too Short in the same fucking <laughs> year wow. and Freaky Tales was the we were playing that that record but Freaky Tales was the record that I remember like like feeling, even though I, it, I didn't, it wasn't the same as listening. Cause so that's my, my, my first time in 12. When I got full on high, I was listening to the ATLians album. I that's a crazy way to listen to that record. Sound the same. So, so the two ways that I smoked marijuana first would be with Jamie Freeman and our, and our nut ass six or seven grade friends. Cause Jamie probably should have been in the ninth grade. He had like a goatee. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> was, was listening to Too Short, and and when I really got full on fucking high, was with Big Boy smoking some orange shit, listening to AT Aliens, it, it, which was amazing. Still, right on. Oh. I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember right? I was high. I How could I remember? 
Yeah, no, right. but it's not even that. I mean, I've been smoking since I was twelve, and you know, like, <laughs> Shit. but 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 to, but but uh, you know, but to be fair, we didn't get we, we didn't get decent weed in New York City until probably I was uh, nineteen twenty is when is is when is when actually when it went really? from dirt weed straight up when it went from dirt weed, which was just weed for us, it was like. Weed was, you know, you went to, you know, Washington Square Park and try and got like a bag of oregano and smoked it. And we're like, am I high? You know, and like, you know, every three, every, you know, two out of three times, you know, it was, you got burned. But, you know, you eventually stuck to your guns, got the, got the right nickel bag and you, and, and, and you got high with your friends. That's funny. It wasn't until, it wasn't until in New York, we, you know, the next wave was hydro. So it was no, it wasn't, there was no flavors. There was no, um, you selecting what your mood was. It was either you're <laughs> going to get a little high or you're going to get actually high. And, uh, <laughs> so and, uh, that's all. Uh, but in terms of, but in terms of the music, I mean, look, you know, um, as soon as weed entered into my, you know, into me and my friend's lives, it basically j- just became everything for us it was not only music but it was also video games and comic books and skateboarding around the city and graffiti you know and it was like it was just us and 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 you know quite frankly not going to school (laughs) like we were going you know it was i you know i hate to say that as though that's what leads to it like no i was already a delinquent like i just need i just got high anyway like but um yeah, you know, I couldn't tell you though, man. I could not tell you what the first jam. Was. All good. What, what was what was popping when what was popping when we were in sixth grade, Mike? What was popping when we were in sixth? What what pop? What it was ice? It was the year of ice tea, ice tea too short in the in in eighty six to eighty seven was ice tea too short. Um, Cool J, Lupin like and July crew. Yeah, Prince. 88, 80 by 88. Yeah, by 88, we, it was all, oh, man, that was great. Big Daddy Kane. It was exactly. Big Daddy Kane. It was like, you know, yeah, yeah. Two. There was a good, it was BDP. It was like, you know, yeah. All right, so there was some good music out. I, I was yeah, listening definitely. to all of it. I was listening to all of it. <laughs> so, you know, the world, the cannabis, world of cannabis has definitely evolved a lot since back then, right? It's like you're talking about what, what you would go to Washington Square Park and cop as to what you could go to dispensary like a cookie's now right well i'm I'm realizing how lucky i was like my mother smoked some premium sets like my mother sold drugs too but like i like she would like her jamaican friends weed would be radically different she wouldn't smoke shit out of texas like she just wouldn't she she'd smoke like this jamaican and this bahamas like i think her old man's coke connect came through the bahamas because he would just bring her but it was always like mellow my mom was like bohemian always like a bunch of chicks and artists and shit around her house we get to visit her on weekends and it the whole house would smell like marijuana right. she made lemonade for us to drink and we could just like lurk around adults that were stoned out of their fucking minds oh, chilling, you know, listening That's to me wasn't, it's a whole different pro and it wasn't until I, I lived in jamaica in the 90s for a while and i and i discovered then that's when i fell in love with cannabis i had smoked it but i didn't fall and fall in love with what it meant and what what it represented and it was an incredible experience to see how it was it was used in so many ways and and how it was thought of right and and, and not just monetized but uh you know it, the world is moving fast um in terms of cannabis legalization well, obviously we have a new administration in place now um or will have shortly how do you see that and you know with the with the criminal justice L's eyes <laughs> so, <laughs> on on on, on violent drug offenders 
What, what do you see the future as with the new administration impacting that going forward? Well, they need to let everyone out for any kind of nonviolent uh, marijuana crimes. I, I think drug crimes in general, they, they just let out uh, Richard DeLisi. I did a little, uh, with Last Prisoner Project, did a GoFundMe link for him. He was in for 32 years for weed in Florida, and we just got a sick-ass license in Florida, so it doesn't make any sense. I feel like things are changing drastically, though, because and we're opening up in Arizona and soon, and I got citizen's arrest when I was young for weed in Arizona. I was like 13, 14, smoking weed in a park. So things are changing. I think that hopefully the federal legalization is fair. I feel like the biggest thing that needs to happen in the legalization of cannabis is keeping people from the game in the game. Um, yeah. They're awarding equity licenses to people with no clear path on how they should be able to move with that license. So I said to say, if you're going to give someone an equity license, there should be some kind of budget or funding that they can start their business with because they're left to partner with bigger companies and they're getting right. fucked a lot of deals. So that's, that's the thing that just needs to change. You need someone that understands the business to help them shape the laws that, 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 you know, are coming out. Um, but I think that the new legislation will probably federally legalize it soon. That, that's my opinion. Right on. Let's hope so. You don't say it no better. You don't say it no better yeah. than what Bernard just said. That's exactly yeah. what I've said every interview for the last six months. I totally agree. And I and I, the only thing I would add is pre press the motherfucking line locally. Plot, yeah, plan, strategize, organize, mobile. Like literally press the motherfucking line. So locally, you may can't do shit federally, but locally, you can make your local municipality. Oh yeah. Decriminalized, and you, you can make the motherfuckers do it in one election cycle. Yeah, it's as simple as this. You want to be the fucking mayor, city councilman, you want to win that seat, you got to get pro-decriminalization in the immediate. And you got to make sure no kid can be charged for marijuana crime to fuck up their shit, whether they potentially do scholarships or fit. And then you got to make provisions statewide to say if you're only going to get five to six licenses, not only do you like have to, again, give some equity licenses, but like Bernard said, put some federal fucking dollars behind a program that will help the independents truly be independent. You know, that yeah. is the well-deserved reparations of the drug war. So. Especially I'm as the general, I'm the lieutenant with them on that one. Especially with the kind of taxes they're charging. They're charging us the craziest taxes yeah. in the world. 30% tax on cannabis, right? 30% tax on a bag of weed. You could take 15% of that, give an incredible amount to a fund that helps equity applicants and still eat hella much. So, you know, it's just they got to be get realistic. And, and, and Byrne, to clarify, that 30% isn't – you're not able to deduct – anything right it's off of huh. it's off of gross yeah yeah it's no 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 what he said he didn't even say i want to pay lower taxes he said take 15 percent and put it yes. to a fund that'll yeah. make like that's so i want the people on the other side who vote for these punk ass lawmakers that's to hear right. the business people actually saying we are we have no problem with paying the taxes so much as reallocate the taxes in a way that makes it fair for people re-entry that should be literally the mandate man Right on. Sure. And, and you know, and you know, uh, just just as an aside, I mean, that is the that is the responsible perspective in general, and that is the main gripe that pe that people probably like us have with taxes in general. Yes, <laughs> it's, absolutely. It's, a, it's like it's like yo, we didn't say we didn't want to contribute to society. We said we didn't want to contribute to the Gestapo. Like yo, you want to put our <laughs> Take my fucking money and put it into some fucking trees, you know, or something, <laughs> something beautiful, like you know, yeah. something that'll help somebody. Great, you know, when I when I, when I wake up every day and I look out and I see a fucking tank rolling down the street and like a dude, you know, a fucking you know, 
officer fucking McFlannery with a fucking, you know, bazooka, you know, hanging out the window and shit. And I'm like, I'm paying 50% taxes on my shit. Now, I just uh, didn't want any potholes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, but, like, but you're, yeah, you're making potholes with the tank that I paid for. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, yeah, no, I I think that one of the reasons why it felt right also to do it this way with this group of people was to, because me and Mike are legitimately sensitive to the to the political realities of, of the drug war and the way that it is, the, you know, and, you know, getting into marijuana um, is something that we as, as hobbyists, as people that love the culture and who are genuinely involved in it, wanted to do. But also there's a dark side to it. And, there's the, and, and the dark side is that you have all like when you have people leaving politics, people who have been complicit in putting, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives behind bars simply because they could, because it was the law of the land. And then the second that the regulations start to change, you have the same motherfuckers leaving politics and, say, and announcing that they're getting into legal marijuana. Oh and, you're, and, and you're sitting here like this, you know? And, and so there's, it's really, it, 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 there's a conflict. If you have a conscience and you're trying to get involved in a business, these motherfuckers don't have consciences, so it doesn't bother them. But for people who are artists, people like us, we want to make sure that what we're involved in has the, the right spirit and the right soul and the right intention around it. So it's yeah. another reason why being, being independent artists and independent businessmen and people who lead with a conscience and who are trying to do something like this um, get a different result than, you know. And, you know. That's right. Facts. Standing in the motherfucker. I think that's the perfect yeah. note to end this conversation on. Love so, you guys, man. Thank you for joining. Thanks for